This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williams, and how are you? This is take number four. You may be wondering, why is he doing a fourth take? He's a professional. Well, the truth is, I uh, I fucked up. <laughs> so, the first time I did this, um, I didn't like the sound of it. Didn't like the tangent I went off on, so I recorded it again. Second take, loved it. That's when some trouble arose. I went to uh, assemble the episode because I do the intro and outro portion after my interview, just in case I want to frame it in a given way. Um, And that's when I listened to the interview and I realized my mic was not on again. This is like the second, maybe third time I've done this. It's really frustrating. I know I've done like a hundred and whatever episodes. Uh, so three out of whatever probably isn't bad. But, uh, oh, is that annoying? You sit down to hear yourself and you go, oh, oh, I don't sound good. Um, luckily, my guest this week, Stephanie, sounds fantastic. Stephanie Hines, uh, former producer for uh, The Social, CTV News. Lots of entertainment experience and we talk about uh, following one's dreams even after one has accomplished one's dreams so it's a really good chat she sounds great i not so much so um the reason why i had to do four takes is i went back and i hurt myself and then i started take number three because i was like oh i have to explain why i sound like shit during the interview and then uh that didn't work that that didn't sound good. I stubbed, I stumbled and stuttered, and I didn't like the way that sounded. So here we are on take number four, and so far so good, albeit a little long-winded. All that is to say, enjoy the conversation with Stephanie. She's fantastic. Uh, I don't sound great, but you. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, she does most of the talking during this interview. She's very eloquent in the way she talks. So enjoy the conversation, and I'm sorry about the audio. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Everyone, thanks for joining. As promised, my guest today is Stephanie Hines. Uh, Like the ketchup, she informs me. Uh, She's been a producer on some very popular shows up here in Canada. Uh, She's been a producer on The Social, CTV News. She's currently a writer for LaneyGossip.com. And uh, I want to talk about the, the career change and the, the idea of dreams changing and evolving over time. But first, I want to hit you with this. And, uh, you know, look, I openly admit to doing a little digging. Uh, on your Twitter feed, uh, Eric Alper tweeted, what's something you own a ridiculous amount of? And you said teacups. So, Stephanie, why do you own a lot of teacups? Because I love tea. I love tea. I was actually trying to boil the kettle right before we started and I didn't have enough time and I didn't want it hissing in the background. So I gave up on it. But I, oh my God, I just, 
I love tea, like all different kinds of teas. And then the teacups are really part of the experience. Um, I'm not a scientist, but I feel like scientists discuss the reality that the better the cup you drink your tea out of, the tastier it tastes. So I just have a, a, a wide range of teacups and depending on the day and depending on my mood, there's a specific teacup that I choose. And yes, I have a favorite. I was like, okay, so I have two, two follow-up questions. And I, we'll try not to make this the tea cast, but you never know. Um, which one is your favorite? We'll start with that one. So it is like an old looking, um, it kind of looks like fine china. Mm -hmm. And what I love about it is so it's white and blue and it's got like this beautiful floral pattern on it. It has a lid. It has a lid and the lid keeps the tea hotter for a longer period of time, which people who, you know, drink tea and the same thing happens for coffee drinkers. I know there's probably way more coffee drinkers than tea drinkers, but you know, like you, you have your cup beside you and you get to work and then all of a sudden you get back to it and it's like room temperature. Eek, no, the lid helps to keep the, the heat uh, in the cup. And it's just, it's a wonderful cup. I actually made it very clear to my parents that when I moved out, I would be taking the mug. And that's exactly what happened. When I moved out, I was like, Debbie, Steve, this is coming with me. Peace out. And it's, it's now uh, not in my cupboard. It's in my dishwasher because I used it uh, for my night cup of tea <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I have so many more follow-up questions now. Okay, so first off, you call your parents Debbie and Steve? So I'm the youngest of, of, <laughs> of six kids. Um, wow, okay. Cardinal sin in black families. Black people are not allowed to call uh, their, their parents, like their elders even, um, by their first name. But I remember trying it one day just because I'm the youngest, so I get away with everything. And I tried it and like, I didn't get a spanking. No one yelled at me and I was like, ah, oh, this is my, this is my throne. I'm, I run this place. They didn't care. They were too tired. They were just like, yeah, they whatever. Always too tired to worry about me. And I, I was doing very well in school when I lived with them. So they were like, you know what? Shut up, go to school, get good grades and get out of our hair one day. And I was like, cool, not a problem. And now I'm out of their hair, but still very much in it because I love my parents. Like I call them all the time. I bother them. I go visit them. I have a key to their home. I show up unannounced. I'm the most annoying child. By I was going to say, I'm sure they love that. I think they have a love-hate relationship. If I bring my daughter with me, they love it. If it's just me, I am very much top deliver. Yeah, I try to drop off and run. Uh, <laughs> I know my dad listens to this and my mom occasionally. Uh, so dad and mom, I love you guys. But uh I appreciate the babysitting. I just realized I spelled my own name wrong on the thing. You it know says, what? I was gonna flag that for you. I don't care. Maybe you were being maybe you were being like cool. quirky? No. No, I'm just dumb. Nerd right. Nerd dead. I don't want anyone to think I'm like that. It wasn't uh oh my god, the guy from Much Music. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking Nerd. about. It's like What's his We're name? Terrible, terrible. Yeah, yeah, brain fart. Nardwall? Nardwall? Yes, 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 that's it. Was it Nardwall? I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Yeah, and if it's not, I don't care. Um, we'll survive. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a beef with Nardwall, or whatever his name was. Uh, the worst podcast beef ever. Um, okay, I'm going back to the teacups. Mm -hmm. Are they actual little kind of dainty teacups like I'm envisioning, no. or are they coffee cups? So I've got, I have the little tiny ones and 
again, these are ones that I, so to give you some context here, my mom collected teacups when I was growing up and uh, I loved them. Anything floral print, anything dainty, anything with character, my spirit just gravitated to. And at one point when I knew that I was going to be moving out within the next year or so, I took the little narrow post-its and I went around the house and just them on every single thing that I would be taking. Um, and again, they were just too tired. Like I was the last one to leave the house. So I had the pick of the litter. I was just like, yep, I love that. I'm going to need this. Um, and I took it. So I love them. They are adorable. However, if I'm trying to drink tea, I need like a big cup of tea. And like the high tea, the high afternoon tea thing is just, um, it's wonderful if that's the experience that you're after. But for the most part, I'm looking for a soothing experience. It's going to bring me back down to earth. And so I do prefer the bigger, the bigger mugs. Yeah. Okay. Last tea related question. I can't believe we're doing five minutes on this. I'm so excited to be talking about tea. I know. What this is doing for uh, me. <laughs> I set the I sent the prep work and I said, hey, I got interview questions about like your dreams and your life, uh, and uh, I'm focused on the tea. Direction. <laughs> <laughs> so, I worked at Starbucks for six years, so I could do this for a while. Okay. Um, but what type of tea do you drink? Earl Grey, okay. chamomile? Where what, what are we drinking? So I actually have um, a side hustle where i sell candles one of them is actually right here because briar and sage Sage co yep you know it you did your research um but i i had to think about like what goes well with candles like what essentially can create a mood and i thought of candles i thought of loose leaf tea i thought of teacups and i thought of uh zero waste vegan soap bars all of those things are just an experience to have um But the hardest part of my entire business, not doing the paperwork or the logistics, it was deciding what teas to carry. And so naturally I was like market research and I had to sit and try all of these teas. And I can hands down say that my number one tea is a classic Indian chai. Oh, I love chai tea. A classic Indian chai. There's just nothing like it. Ethiopians and Eritreans also make a world-class chai. There is a place in Scarborough. You are also from Scarborough. It's right at Kennedy and Ellesmere, and it is called uh, Royal Tea. And let me tell you, the tea is freaking royal, okay? I cup, and I was like, this is what all the other teas meant to do. Like, this is, this is the golden standard. So love a good chai. I am also an Earl Grey fanatic. Okay. I, but here's the thing. It must be Higgins and Burke Earl Grey. Like, Interesting. If it's not, I mentally prepare myself to have a subpar experience. Higgins and Burke Earl Grey is just the standard for Earl Grey, uh, more so than my own Briar and Sage Earl Grey tea. Again, the Higgins and Burke tea is what my Earl Grey meant. Like that's that's what it means to be. But um, you know, I do the herbal tea. I do I do love a good chamomile. I love a peppermint. The peppermint must be three crown. Three crown is very difficult to find. They only sell it in certain grocery stores. Um, there's a ton. There's a ton to my the. Depth. I have I have tapped into a passion here, eh? You certainly have. One of my top, like of all the things I do, like my obsession with tea is, and it's funny because my daughter, I'm 
trying to like groom her to be a tea fanatic. If she grows up and she's like, hey, mom, you want to go for a coffee? I'll have failed as a parent. I'll have failed. I want to pass on my love for tea to her. But she's, she's into it, man. She comes down here and she's like, mommy, can you make me a cup of tea? And she's four years old, but she likes herself a latte. She likes herself an oat latte. She's very fancy, very bougie, and very broke. I'm like, you've got no money. I am here as your personal barista. What is happening? But all in the name of of us enjoying some tea together. So I so a, a little mom da da daughter time. That's awesome. Um, are you fearful that she will rebel and become a coffee drinker? You know what? I think she might. And if she does, I I, I can't fault her. I think we <laughs> live in a world that really glorifies coffee and coffee consumption. Um, I was always the the odd one out. We would take um, orders at work and everybody would get a coffee. And I was the loser that was like, <laughs> can you get me a, a tea? Like, who does that? Like, loser. But you like what you like and it has not failed me yet. And of all the years working early morning shifts, um, it wasn't coffee that saved me. It was tea that carried me through. So I am I am a loyal tea drinker through and through. What I like about that, and I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna segue my ass off here. What I like <laughs> about that is, it shows that you're independent, and you're a free thinker. See what I'm doing here, and you're not afraid to be kind of a lone wolf. Yeah. That being said, speaking of lone wolf, uh, <laughs> you left. I know it was good, right? It was pretty good. Yes, love a good um, thank you. Um, so one of the things you've done, as I mentioned off the top, is you were a producer for some pretty big shows. You know, the show show is Canada's The View, right? And it's a legit show. Like, it carries a lot of weight in this market. Um, and you've recently stepped away from all that and uh, decided to go kind of independent and, and pursue some personal passions. And and that's what got my attention uh, on Twitter. And I, I don't know how you ended up in my feed, but you did. I know exactly how I ended up in your feed. Dean Blendell retweeted a tweet of mine that said, um, you know, it was pointing to the fact that I had to step away from TV to do more heavy hitting interviews and to do more work that wasn't aligned with my yes. vision. I don't know how Dean Blendell found that tweet, but he had quote tweeted it saying, and I don't know if it was supposed to be offensive or not. I'm not the biggest Dean Blendell fan, but he had said, um, uh, former producer of Your Morning. I'm as I'm ascribing this tone, and I really don't know how he meant it, but I'm assuming that it was in a douchebag kind of way, uh, and it had like you know some emojis and whatever. And so I kindly responded that you know I'm not sure how you found your way into my mentions, but find your way out. I had a great time producing. I don't want to be seen as this person that's crapping on all the shows that I worked on, so I had to straighten that out. And then I just hit the block button because there's no room for for uh, for him over here. And look, I, I do have a relationship with Dean. He can be a bit of a douchebag. Um, but what I will say is uh, that that interaction, and I took it a different way, but I took it of the uh, the person who's following their passion and trying to find something more meaningful in their life. Um, and that then I started seeing, oh, like in your profile, you say you're a mom. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is something I can I well, can I'm a on. cool mom. Make that cool decision. Mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> I, I say adequate husband in my <laughs> Um, it's <laughs> different level of expectations, the uh, yeah. and, but that's what, that's what drew me to this idea of like, okay, pursuing your passion, your goals, you know, 
And and when I emailed you and you and you know, our conversation, I said at some point in time in your life, getting to work on a show like The Social was probably a dream of yours. So what changed? How has it evolved? And and where do you think you're going right now? And I, it might be a bit heavy handed, so I apologize, but that's no, kind of where I'm thinking. That's okay. Happy to dive into all of this. So, I mean, I remember being a university student and the social is the golden standard. Like mm -hmm. you want to be, you want to be cool. You want to be relevant. You want to be thoughtful. You want to be insightful. You want to do work that I found to be very important and very fulfilling, land a gig on that show. Um, the whole way that it came about was because, um, you know, in, in 2020, that was very much a year that changed so much um, about how our society functioned. Um, in 2020, I was a production coordinator with uh, Your Morning, uh, which is, you know, it's a lot of lifestyle, it's a lot of news, it's weather, it's, it's your typical morning show. Um, but when 2020 happened, I realized that there wasn't many Black staff members that could be consulted for, for, for sensitivity, um, just a vibe check of the verbiage that we're using. And so I remember fixing my fingers to type up a very uh, scary email <laughs> to send as like the newest member of the staff. And I was some like junior production coordinator, but I essentially sent an email out to my entire um, show. And I said, listen, my community is really going through it right now. And I know that we are covering this topic extensively on our show. And if there's ever a moment in time where any producer feels like, hey, I don't know the right way to say this. I don't know the right way to approach this. I wanted to make sure that I was offering myself as a resource uh, because I want to be proud of the work that, that we're putting out. I don't want anyone uh, seeing some clip that goes viral for all the wrong reasons, reaching out to me and saying, hey, isn't this the show that you work for? Um, when I did that, I had no idea <laughs> that it was also going to, um, you know, like the vice presidents and stuff. I just, I think I hit like all staff and of the show and it, it really made its way up the ladder. Uh, so a couple days later I got called into, um, I don't know what her, what her role was, but her name was Nancy McLean, a wonderful, fantastic woman. Um, and she called me into her office and I was like, girl, you are getting Fired. You should have just kept your mouth shut. Why you got to talk so much? And she called me into her office and she said, listen, I've been paying attention to the work that you've been doing. And by this point, I had also helped uh, get a national special together about, you know, it was called uh, Change, Action and Change, Racism in Canada, something like that. But it was a, it was a yeah. national special that aired and I was super proud to have had a seat at the table for that. And it was then that she was like, you know, you'd be a great fit for the social and they're hiring. And I was like, what? Me, little old me. <laughs> um, and I thought she was crazy. I thought she was crazy. But I was like, I, one thing I don't do is back down from a challenge. So I sprinted home and I filled in uh, the, 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 the application and I crossed my fingers and I submitted it. Um, and then I just waited. And at the time I had already applied to be a producer with your morning. So to kind of take that step up and they ended up offering me both jobs. And I was like, this is so weird. What's happening? Like I couldn't even find full-time employment until a couple months ago. Um, and you know, both 
my bosses, uh, the one at the social and the executive producer at your morning, they said, listen, take a day, weigh out the pros and cons and decide what you want to do. And it was then that I decided that I was going to go for it. And uh, within a couple of weeks, I had started over at the social and it was just one of the most meaningful experiences of my life to be able to do the work that I did there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then at what point do you decide, I, I've had the experience, I, I, you know, I took a shot, I expressed my voice, I had, it paid off tenfold back to you by taking a chance and, and being a risk taker in that moment in time. Um, at what point do you decide, okay, I, I've had that run. It's time for the next por portion of my life. I want to have. I want to continue down that journey of being an outspoken advocate, of interviewing and and being more face to face uh, with the people I'm interested in, and take that chance to that next that next part of your journey. What what prompts that? Well, to put it simply, like when the contract starts winding down, <laughs> when the contract okay. starts okay, winding. So that was a contract position. It was an extended maternity leave for someone who had gone and taken the 18 months. Um, but within Bell Media, there's a lot of activity. There's a lot of people moving around. Uh, we were experiencing some layoffs um, in, our, in our control room positions. And I was also going through some personal struggles. I, was, I had just launched um, some court action against my daughter's dad to, to really just get some structure. Um, for myself, for him, and for my daughter. Um, and my lawyer said to me plainly, like the hours that you are, are working are just not gonna be feasible with what you're trying to accomplish and achieve here. And so I really had to sit and think about what to do next. Um, I started looking around and I was gonna go back to production coordinating and uh, the executive producer of The Social said, I don't want you to take a step back. I want you to, like you've made such good progress and I want you to lean on those skills and move forward. Um, at the time there was an opening at eTalk for a social media producer, um, you know, just kind of heading up the, the, our, the, the digital appearance of the show on all of our, our social platforms. And uh, it was something new for me. It was something that was uncomfortable. Discomfort is always a good sign for me. Um, and I thought, okay, let me, let me go in that direction. Uh, and then I did that for a few months and going back to your question about, you know, what, what made me realize it was time to change was that I've never been, um, one to really care too much about what the celebrities are up to. Give me your money and <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Otherwise I just don't care. Um, so I think the work that I was doing there was just not really aligned with my mission of, of telling stories and of meeting people. And there was very little impact. It, I just, I didn't go to bed at night thinking like, wow, I did meaningful work today. And I wasn't waking up in the morning knowing that I was gonna do something meaningful. I'm of the belief that not every job you have is going to pay the best, 
be the most convenient in terms of like having a great benefits package and maybe you get uh, amazing vacation time or maybe it's really close to your home, maybe you can work from home. But one thing that I've always wanted to do is just make sure that whatever work I was doing, whatever money I was making, I was doing something that was important to me. Um, and I started to feel like I'm, I don't know that I'm making the best use of, of my skills and my personality. Um, and the way that things aligned after that in terms of the work that I started to look for and um, just the ease and the pace of which things started to pick up for me, I felt like I was on the right path going into the nonprofit sector, which is literally night and day from television and studio and lights and camera and action. Um, but again, it was it was uncomfortable as all hell. And I thought, this is this is a good sign. <laughs> this it could be dangerous. This must be good. <laughs> uh, a, a few things. Uh, one, thank you for sharing. Um, the, really appreciate it. Um, I think what I'm hearing is that you're able to take kind of those skills that you had as a producer, the ability to put out fires, the ability to maneuver at a moment's notice and apply it in a different trade. And even though it wasn't, it wasn't comfortable, it's, and we, we, you hear that term a lot in terms of business, especially in business speak, you know, that's where the, that's where the growth happens is when, when you're uncomfortable, right? Yeah. And it, it, you ran with it rather than being a fearful of it and stepping back and, and doing something comfortable. Um, what do you think that message sends to your daughter? To just go for it, to just go for it. My, my mission in life is to be very tired when I die. I mean, when the Grim Reaper comes for me, I want to be like, dude, where have you been? I have been waiting for you. I think, you know, we we have to we have to do it all. We have to push ourselves past our 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 comfort. We have to I, I see people, young people especially, um, they'll they'll get into an industry or a job and they'll just coast. They'll just coast. Um and I, 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 again, if that works for them, that's great. But where is the challenge? Where is the adventure? Where is that feeling where you're just bursting at the seams because you are in this intense state of growth? I want my daughter to always look at me and think, oh, God, mom, are you sure you want to do that? Are you, are you sure? And, you know, I see her give me that look sometimes, but I just... It's, I guess it's very important to me for her to see that if I do it and I fail, I'm going to be okay. Um, I was listening to uh, a podcast just earlier today that was talking about how resilient human beings are um, and about the fact that even at your saddest point, it's not ever sadness that that kills you. It's, it's you know, a whole bunch of other things, but it's not the sadness. And so I think a lot of people look at growth the way that we look at, at sadness. We look at discomfort the way that we look at sadness. Being uncomfortable is not going to break you. In fact, I think it's really going to do a lot to, to, to help you build your foundation and just um, get to places you never really uh, imagined that you could be. And that is certainly what has happened for me. Every risk that I've ever taken has paid off tenfold and it makes me more confident to take more risks. It makes me trust myself a lot more. If my spidey senses are tingling, I'm going to listen to them because they've, they've never led me astray. 
Stephanie Hines, you are, you are amazing. Oh, love that. Thank you. You are. That's uh, like, I'm like, I'm kind of in awe here. Um, tell the people where they can find you or where do you want to be found? Do you not want to be found? It's up to you. You know what? <laughs> I, want to, I want to be found for sure. Um, I'm a lost soul right now. I've got a million things going on, but I am on Instagram at Stephanie Hines. I had to add an extra S to the end because... My parents really weren't too creative with the first name giving. That's uh, why I named my daughter Aviela. I've had her name picked out since I was like 14 and I Googled it and I Facebooked it. No one had it. <laughs> and I thought, okay, <laughs> that's unique. Um, so I'm Love on Instagram. It. I'm on Twitter, Stephanie underscore Hines. And uh, I'm on Lainey Gossip. You can find my articles there. I write a lot about co-parenting and being a parent. And that's the type of celebrity news that I enjoy when I can kind of take it and make it relevant to me and what I'm doing. So um, I don't completely dismiss <laughs> celebrities. I know that they have so much to do with our culture, but I'm on Laney Gossip. Um, you can just you can just Google me and cross your fingers that the things that you find are pleasant. <laughs> they will be, trust me. As someone who's done a lot in the last few days, it's all, it's all very good. Um, thank you so much for your time today, Stephanie. Thank you for your interest in me and my story. Of course. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, That's Jeff. it. It's the show. I want to thank uh, Stephanie for her time today. I had a lot of fun talking to her. Um, the thing that just jumps out about her is uh, the passion in which she talks and her drive. So this is not the last we've heard from Stephanie. And I think she's on to uh, some really special things in life. And I look forward to being along for that ride if she'll allow me what else do i want to do i want to thank uh, deanblundell.com deanblundell.com home of canada's number one podcast network including yours truly you can find me blogging there two or three times a week his uh podcast is up three lately it's been 3 30 ish uh monday to friday i've got merch Got a, got, a, got a little bit of merch, just four shirts, but uh, they're there. Zero Days Without a Dad Joke, World's Okayest Dad, Raised by Homer, Peter, Stan, and Bob, and That Nerd Dad. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about real quick is I have struggled with the idea of getting onto uh, TikTok. I really struggled with it, and I just I felt like a fake. So I've had like two or three versions of myself cycle through TikTok as I try to find my little niche. Um, and I, I said to hell with that. And I, I started shifting my focus to YouTube shorts. Now, YouTube shorts is kind of their equivalent. Uh, it's not as popular. And it also helps me achieve my goal of wanting a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Because uh, anyone who subscribes through you through shorts counts towards your your overall subscription numbers. And, and that's my personal goal is 1,000 subscribers. I'm about halfway there. I'm about 420 subscribers right now. So we're getting there. I digress. I say that because um, I, started say, I, I, I started shifting that kind of micro content towards YouTube shorts. And I've had a lot of success. And I don't, I, you know, I, I'm never one to brag. And that a lot is all comparative. But, you know, a few thousand views on my YouTube shorts. And that's pulling up my subscription numbers, which is nice. And what I found really beneficial is I'm able to take those shorts and drop them into TikTok. And 
the it's amazing that the networks as well as the way the algorithm works so i have one video on youtube shorts that has 2500 views that same video over on TikTok has like 60,000 plus. So my focus was going to be YouTube and TikTok has taken my video and just run with it. So um, if this is, I guess, to the people who are thinking about doing content, just do it. I'm wildly uncomfortable doing micro content, but um, I, think, I think I found my little parenting niche that I can keep uh, keep with because it's simple and it's it's something I can do and something I'm confident and something I'm passionate about so um, but every time I go to record one I'm a little uncomfortable uh, and then you just kind of put it out there to the world and let the world do with it what it wants um, there's a billion content creators out there you and I were one of many but that doesn't mean that you and I can't be the successful one so I'm throwing it out there to you. Go ahead, try it, um, and look me up on TikTok and YouTube Shorts. That's it. That's the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk next week. Thanks for listening. Damn. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.